Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's good, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast. Your source for video game news, commentary, and an itchy eyebrow, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm one of your hosts, Brittany Rombogger. Joined by stand-up comedian, Twitch streamer extraordinaire, and the content queen, the content Lisa queen, Wallen. Lisa Wallen, Weasel Allen, whatever you want to call me, Lisa Wallen, Lisa <laughs> Wallen, well Wallen. Today you're gonna be Lisa because I deem it so. Also, but do you have a preferred name that we should all? You call can you call by? me Lisa, Weasel, and now Weasel. I have adapted Weasel. Uh, Weasel. When, when I was at TwitchCon, people were calling me Weasel and Weasa, and I was like, I guess this is my name now. And then people I've never met before were like, How do I pronounce your name? Like, what what background is that? I'm like, My name, it, it's I'm an idiot. That's all. I, <laughs> there's no ethnic background. I'm just stupid. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I feel like this is a good lesson, friends, about your online handle and how confusing it can be sometimes. But I do like Weasel. That just is a new imagine one you're gonna get blown up at some point or somebody will follow you and not know how to say it don't be like me and be like no one's gonna watch this shit and then ah, well that's who i am now so there you go also don't mind me i'm petting my cat like that's why my arm is over here youtube.com slash what's good game she's petting a cat but you can use your imagination oh okay what kitty is this this is zura she's also named after an anime character but she's annoying they're both very annoying like this is my stream is just my cats now like it's not me anymore it's just them sitting on my chair and like swarming around my feet like sharks that's literally what they do every day now so and that's why everyone tunes into your stream is to watch your yeah cats. just to watch to my shark wonder. cats just be a little annoying but yeah pretty good times <laughs> so you were on the show last in february and since then i want to give a huge shout out to your tiktok channel so that's tiktok.com slash we lisa lawlin <laughs> I'm just going to change my name now. I'm never going to be Lisa again. Yeah, I, I, well, first it started with Instagram reels because I saw like a lot of comedians were doing it. And then I saw people were doing like jokes that weren't that funny and they're getting money for it. And I was like, well, if you can do this, I can do this because I'm not even that good at stand up. But people love it. People loved all the things that I posted. I, my most viral one was on TikTok. It was me having a joke about my stoner parents and I, and like they are stoner parents and I, and I found out they were stoner like a really funny way. I don't know if you watched that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I watched it. Oh yeah. Well, I made the mistake of being like, I want to post this video online one day and everyone's like, and now everyone in my comments, like when are you gonna post video when you post video, I'm like, bro, this is a family video filmed in the nineties where like, I have to like literally send it to a company to get it converted onto like, I don't know, a USB card. And like, uh-huh. it's like, it's not easy to do like this. There's not, you can't just go to Walgreens and be like, can you take this old ass cassette tape and do something with it? Like, it's not technology that really exists. So I was like, I'm not going to pay a hundred dollars to get seven cents from TikTok. So, um, <laughs> but it's a great joke. It's a new it's joke. It's a great joke. And, and it has seven million views. 
It does, Holy and I got crap. a whole seven dollars from it. So wow, yeah, what a monetization model I over am at TikTok. Really doing great on TikTok right now. <laughs> so you know, if you want me to, I rode to ten dollars. That's where I'm at. Ten dollars by the end of the year, and then I think I'll be. I think I'll be pretty set. I think you're gonna be able to retire, move to Bora Bora, get a nice little bungalow over there. A but nice you do bu- have. <laughs> 100,000 followers on TikTok. So, friends, if you have not checked out your Instagram and all of that kind of stuff, we will put all of those links in the show notes because you are making hilarious content. And I absolutely need to get you back on the show because I think you're lovely and wonderful. And you're just funny and you make me smile. You're and so you're, sweet. You're near me. And we're going to, we talked about it. We're I know. We're like, we're going to hang out sometime, even though we haven't yet, but we're going to. And we're going to keep talking about it and it will happen. One day. It'll make us feel good. It makes us feel good to talk about it. And then in maybe a few years, we'll actually get together. It's like we're like maybe a half hour away from each other. And we're like, we're going to do it. Don't worry. We're going to do it. But we're also we- incredibly indoors. And we're like, we have to find a day that I'm willing to leave the house. Uh- <laughs> well, no, I'll just go to your house so you don't have to leave. I'll leave mine. Okay. But I really want to see your collection up close because you have everything I love up there. And it's so organized. Mine is just like, oh, I oh don't no, have a it's storage not- closet. <laughs> No, 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 no. Like, this looks organ. This is the only part of this house. Like, I have a whiskey bottle here, my water growler here, shit all over my desk. I can't even see my desk. My floor is covered in stuff. It's all an illusion. Almost every streamer or content creator you see friends on camera, I guarantee it. Everything outside of the view, the camera lens, is an absolute disaster. Except for me, because I'm insanely clean. I'm, like, serial killer clean. I mean, you are really clean. (laughs) Even your carpet looks freshly vacuumed in the background. I bought a – my big investment this year was a a nice vacuum. I spent, like, $600 on it. Um, And it is, like (laughs) – like, my other vacuum was so cheap that, like, when I bought my new one, the carpet, like, changed color when I was back. I was like, oh, my God, it hasn't been kept in- catching shit for years. And the bag filled up in, like, a day. I was like, wow. But it was so satisfying. And then, of course, my community is like, when are you going to stream yourself vacuuming? I'm like, I am not a vacuum ASMR, but... Now I kind of want to. Uh, I mean, listen, like go go sockless and just vacuum, and like and while eating, that's like all bunch of kinks all in one. I, I like. you know what? And then my favorite, I will say real quick, my favorite TikTok content. Like I don't really watch like comedy or like gaming stuff. I love watching auto detailing. Really? Like people washing cars and like cleaning the seats. I that's how weird I am. I love watching people clean, like pressure washing videos. Oh my god. Power washing you know, simulator. Is the same way. Yeah. 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 So she talks about that all the lot. It's very cathartic for her. And maybe it's the same effect. So here's what we can do is I can come to your place. It's very clean. Um, you can show me some power washing videos. We can watch some anime. <laughs> it's better be than great. like people are like, I love watching pimple popping videos. Ooh, ooh. I'm like, yeah, no. I mean, my I'll gra- watch them grandma. too, but yeah. <laughs> and my grandma is one of those people. I can't. She's always talking about it. Anyway, we're not here to talk about pimple popping. We're here to talk about video games. A few housekeeping tidbits, friends. Next week is episode 300, but Andrea and I will both be out of town. So we have a special episode with a fun guest next week. And then our usual shenanigans will commence the week after that. And I just want to give a shout out to the Halo World Championship, which was this weekend at the Seattle Convention Center. I don't know if you were there, Weasel. Well, what's funny is that my friend that was in town put on the entire event. He's like the VP of Optic Events. And so we hung out when he was in town, told me all about it. Yeah, it was a really fun event. Yeah. They had a bar and tournaments and demo stations. Not like obviously the main tournament, but I think they had some side stuff, some kiosks. And it was just like a really good, fun vibe. And I, I go there and I can't follow. 
Like, I mean, I try to watch the the matches, but they just everyone is just so damn good, and I forget how. Oh God, yeah. How incredible these players are, and just everything they do has a reason for it. Whereas when I play a game, I spray and pray like that, and it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It was just very impressive to be around. I had a really great time, so thanks for having me. And thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Chewie's Godson, Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Atia, Justin Foshi, Punctified, and Maddie Dre. And welcome to our Patreon community, Sarah. And thank you, new reviewer, Nexo Ninja 10 We appreciate all of your support on Patreon, and those podcast reviews make us feel the warm and the fuzzies. And today's show is brought to you by Honey, but we'll tell you about that later. Because Weasel, I can't really out the straight face, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try to commit to the bit. call me anything you want. Weasel. It sounds like such a, a, an asshole name, but I love you so much. It Is makes it, it sound like I snitch on people. I yeah, I don't talk to her. That's Weasel. You know, she'll tell on everyone, you know. Our first order of business. Uh, CD Projekt Red has announced a remake of The Witcher in Unreal Engine 5. And this comes from IGN. So CD Projekt Red has announced that it will remake The Witcher in Unreal Engine 5 alongside developer Fool's Theory. This is one of five new games the company announced earlier this month and previously went by the codename Catus Majoris. This will be a true... I don't know why the devil just came within me. I'm sorry. This will be a true <laughs> remake with a company saying it will, quote, be rebuilt from the ground up in Unreal Engine 5 for the third time and is already in the early stages of development. Quote, The Witcher is where it all started for us, CD Projekt Red. It is the first game we made ever and it was a big moment for us then. Going back to this place and remaking the game for the next generation of gamers to experience it just feels as big, if not bigger, said Adam Badowski, head of Studio CDPR, in an announcement post. So this is incredibly exciting. Are you a big fan of The Witcher? I played The Witcher. Ooh, the original? But, uh, no, I played Witcher 3. Okay. But I've been wanting to, like, because it's like when I first started playing, like, PlayStation games... I really like went from Nintendo to PlayStation and that was like my first game because my friend sold me his PlayStation, gave it to me and I was like, okay, and I could not get into it because back then I was a much different person. Back Mm -hmm. then I didn't care about dialogue and stories and shit. I was just like, I need a sword. Give me a sword. What do I get a sword? (laughs) But I think with uh, with a remake though, absolutely. Oh my God. I also think now if I was to go back and play The Witcher 3 because I still own it that I think I would end up really liking it. Oh, it's yeah. yeah, it's real good. I mean, if you have those new consoles, you may as well wait for the next gen patch. Or is that already out? That's what I'm doing with most. I no, mean, well, we'll talk about it later. I mean, I was one person who was like, everyone's like, are you gonna play the fi- the Resident Evil Four remake? I was like, I want to play the original. Hell yeah! Oh, I'm so to make Britney to like me more. That. that was really it. <laughs> that's, so that's the most. I know you're just bullshitting me, but if that were true, that would be the most romantic it thing is actually anyone's ever done. Semi true, but yes. Anyways, my husband has a lot of work to do. I'm gonna say. Uh, no, I think this is wonderful. So The Witcher on PC, because um, it only ever released on PC back in the day. That was one of the only PC games I've ever played because I just. I love PC gaming, but I just can't ever really relax when I'm playing on a PC. It's just I like to be on a couch and like spread out. Yeah, it's like you're, you're working. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. It feels like I'm working. And I played this originally in 2012, and I loved it. And then I hopped immediately into The Witcher 2. I played that on PC as well. And I love The Witcher 3. We've talked about that. But what I love so much about this is that that game has is so good, and it still holds up so well. 
And they're, I mean, Geralt is a playboy. Let's be real. He, he likes to fuck everything that walks. And uh, I remember the first time I played If the I look like that, too, I would be, yes. Oh, yeah. Especially, I mean, he's a handsome old, you know, wolf. But when he was a younger pup, let me just say, like. Oh, oh yeah. Could, I have had oh, younger yeah. pup Henry Cavill. See? <laughs> Younger pup Henry Cavill. He and what was so fun about it is that you would like I feel like anywhere Geralt would go, he would get laid. Like everyone just threw themselves at him and you would get little trading cards of the women. Oh that yeah, you absolutely. Yep. You you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And then in these like lewd positions. And it was you know what? I think it's hilarious. And I had a really good time playing that game back in the day. So this is really exciting. I'm really excited to play it again. And then, you know, like people like you who maybe wouldn't go back to the original or maybe you would. It's a good entry point because the story of Geralt, there's so much more to it than just what happens in The Witcher 3. So, That's kind of like with God of War for me. Because like I started on the, the, the newest God of War and was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, like there's so much history to create. Like I couldn't. I couldn't be as emotionally invested as a lot of people were because I never played the originals. Yeah, know? yeah. That's mm-hmm. why it's good I that played... there was like Yakuza Zero, right? That's why it's like they had to bring out this prequel to get people into the series. But also, mm-hmm. CD Projekt Red is like killing it right now because they just had like the cyberpunk anime. So it's just like, yeah, dude, keep riding that wave. Do all the shit I you love can do it. right now, you know? I know, and I'm rooting for them. You know, it's such a talented team. I know Cyberpunk, the game, had some issues, but now, obviously, a lot of folks are playing it and enjoying it for the first time. So I'm just really happy that they are still having this avenue to create rad stuff. Not that they were going to shudder anyway, but, you know, it always just makes sense. Also, can I just sad. say that your hair looks incredible? Like, now <gasps> really? I feel like Thanks. I'm like a male guest hitting on you. I just want to say right now, <laughs> you look <No>. beautiful. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get to say that earlier because we just immediately started talking. Talking, but anyways, just want to say your hair looks Thank great. You. <laughs> Thank you. I, I had to record a Callisto Protocol video today, which I'll talk about with my hands on. So I actually had to put my actual face, cam- my camera face on. So I appreciate oh, that. Oh, okay. Oh, and it makes me so feel so good because I got in at two in the morning this morning from a flight. Yum. Oh no, it was so bad. And the lady next to me was throwing up all over the place. It was disgusting. Anyway, <gasps> that I digress. To me <laughs> too. Well, I wasn't the one throwing up, but okay. it's the worst. Now I have the worst anxiety on a plane ever since that happened to me. Yeah, it's only happened yeah. to me twice. And this time it was the worst. Like I know it wasn't her fault or anything. Like I felt really bad for her. But and you're I like, can I please that, move? <laughs> I know it's it's. Uh, I know. I, I she was very uncomfortable and I felt very bad. But you know, you can't help but also feel like that vicarious illness. Oh yeah. Um, anyway, uh, anyways, yeah. Let's talk and about that next. Let's talk about that <laughs> visceral <laughs> plane simulator riding game. It's Anywho. A- we, <laughs> the newest simulator game coming out. I heard it's going to be great. <laughs> no. Let's talk about video games again. This is why I love the show with you. It's because we just go off on random tangents, and it's just fun. I feel like we could just talk about anything. It's just uh, like but, a, the major being uh, not like a woman in your 30s is like, you know what? I just like stop. I don't have a filter anymore. Like nothing really matters. <laughs> I know. It's the best. So Sony, let's talk about PlayStation. Sony is building a new dev team to work with visual arts and naughty dog on a triple a title and this comes from vgc it's called the so first sony, of us 
That's it. Story. <laughs> Weasel knows people in the industry. She can confirm that it's called the first of us, um, the lost legacy. Anywho, so yeah, Sony is building a new development team in collaboration with PSS, Visual Arts, and Naughty Dog to make a new AAA game. A new job listing for a senior producer role at PlayStation refers to the new team and states that it's being put together to work on a new project. Quote, Sony PlayStation is building a new internal game development team in partnership with PSS Visual Arts. It's an award-winning full production group that specializes in animation, mocap, cinematics, art, and scanning. This high-visibility project is being developed in collaboration with Naughty Dog. Though currently unannounced, we have a clear vision and plan to release. Using our existing expertise and premier talent, we will guarantee a high visual quality bar for the game and compelling experience for all of our players. And then it continues to circle jerk itself. So what's interesting, though, is the article goes on. While potentially unrelated, earlier this year, Naughty Dog's newly appointed recruiter, seemingly hinted that Sony was planning future Uncharted releases. In a post on LinkedIn, Christina Marie Drake McBreedy, epic name, said she was, quote, scouting for talent at every level and that it was special being able to be building future teams for not only new titles, but for the legacy of Uncharted. So, when everyone's scratching their hypothetical beard, I mean, like, what could they be working on? I still so, have not played the Uncharted games. Oh, I know. Really I told. Should. I'm really. I'm li- literally catching up on all these series I've missed out that weren't Nintendo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel that one is definitely on my list, though. Yeah, you should definitely check out the Uncharted games. They just released, I think it was the Legacy, oh, Legacy of Thieves. Is that what it was? I think where they just released all, re-released all of the games. Whatever it was, I just recently replayed it. And those games are still so much fun and they still hold up. And they're just so special. They give you that warm and fuzzy. It's kind of like you're sitting down to watch a comedy flick that doesn't ever really take itself too seriously. And it just leaves you feeling mostly good. It's, and the characters are just so fun, and just watching them through all the games. Anyway, I love Uncharted. So today, Greg Miller tweeted out, would you want to see a new Uncharted game? And my immediate answer is yes. I think Uncharted 4 left the series in a good place, but I still, there's no game that makes me feel the way the Uncharted games make me feel, and I would just hate if all that just gets like thrown to the wayside and never gets reborn if you will so well, if it gets I reborn wouldn't... and it's not as good or doesn't have the same feeling yeah right yeah that would suck that would be that would be a bummer deal but i i would hate if they just didn't even try right so i would love something like uncharted but it's interesting you think of naughty dog uncharted last of us right two very different games one is the last of us is just very uh, let's call it dark and then you have uncharted which is a little bit more lighthearted, more action focused I would love to see Naughty Dog do something, and there, I don't know if this article mentions it, but something for action adventure, but a different setting, almost like something fantasy, I think could be kind of fun for them Ooh. to explore. If or it's sci-fi. Not, or sci-fi, right? Just something different and a whole new different setting. Uncharted kind of has that comedy down. The Last of Us has that depressing factor down. <laughs> so maybe something in between, like a fantasy sci-fi? A fantasy sci-fi with cowboys. Let's do it. Like- cowboys. <laughs> yes, yes, but the horses are unicorns. It's perfect. The horses are unicorns. That would be awesome, too. And then it would also be, like, super cinematic, because I feel like like that's mm-hmm. where they really, like, shine as far as, like, they go as as the animation goes, but uh, I would be curious. I mean, for me, it's like I still need to play like Last of Us to begin with. Mm-hmm. I started playing that and then I wanted to wait for the remaster because I'm playing through so many other games right now. I'm starting it after Resident Evil 4, actually. 
Ooh. So, uh, but yeah, I have, I mean, I've seen so much of the game, though. Like, I've been spoiled on the story. Like, I feel like my experience is not going to be as emotionally invested as everyone thinks it would be, because I'm like, I've seen most of this game, (laughs) and I know what happens. But yeah, like, one thing I always really appreciate is, like, I love how cinematic it was. Like, I felt like, Mm -hmm. like, I like it when you were like, that's why I got so sucked into the Yakuza games. It's like, oh, I like it when cutscenes feel like I'm immersed into the game more in the story versus just sitting there and waiting for the next time I can press a button. So, Or you could just put the controller yeah, down and like just san- enjoy the scene. Yeah, a fantasy setting would be incredible for that. Or yeah. sci-fi. I would love it. <laughs> a fantasy sci-fi with unicorns and cowboys. We're pitching the game right now. No need to worry about this anymore. Just hire us. We'll do you, we'll do you good. But anything Naughty Dog's involved in makes me happy. So just... Just do a cool thing, and, and I'll, I'll be excited. Even more excited if it's a sci-fi fantasy. <laughs> Moving on to a story that's pretty, also pretty exciting, is there's a new milestone has been reached for Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Are you Bioware fan, my girl? <laughs> Have you no. played the... Okay, that's great. No, this is good. Having this me on your because- podcast is like, Lisa has never played a video game in her life, uh, so... Just Hollow Knight, so I could get the shirt, really. Um, and maybe a Zelda game. That's about it. So, yeah. That's it. She's not even a gamer. She's just like, comes I will on the say show real quick, she's hot. It is very funny. Yeah, that's honestly it. But it's very funny. Like, like I've been obviously going to a lot of esports events and stuff. And it is funny mm-hmm. meeting people. It's like, I, people don't realize just how big that video game world is. It's like, you could be. Right? a hardcore gamer and still not play like even a fraction of what's out there or that what people played on. Absolutely. Actually, can I, can I tell a quick story? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Um, It was actually, I'm bringing up earlier when you talk about the Halo thing. I went to Evo this year because yeah, it was very, we were there to support Sonic Fox and Sage, which was ironic because Sonic Fox wins all the time. So it was like, we're there to watch something already that we know it's going to happen, happen. But I have never been to Evo before. Like, I've, bo- I've gone to, like, you know, other esports events. So this is the first time I went to a fighting game event. And I loved it. Everyone's like, you might not like it. You know, like, it's, you know, it's, it's not your thing. I was like, are you kidding me? It's like what you said, like, the energy and the skill involved to watch people do this. It's like... I love going to sporting events. Like, I love going to baseball games, but I hate baseball. I just love going to games because I want to get drunk. Yeah, it's the vibe of people being around you. I want to get drunk in public. I want to take a nap in the sun uh, because that's what you do at baseball games. Uh, (laughs) But, like, the difference between that and, like, Evo and esports is that everybody in the audience is really, really into it. Like, they didn't didn't go because they were just invited to go hang out. Like, no one just said, hey, man, you want to go to a a freaking Guilty Gear competition this weekend? Like, you don't do that to your friends. So Mm -hmm. the energy there was incredible and also made me realize like wow there is so much about like this side of the gaming industry that I'm not even aware of but it was incredible I loved it I thought Evo was one of the coolest things everyone too I was like I just loved watching everyone get excited you know watching Mortal Mortal Kombat 11 matches like this is insane I was no it's so true though I went to Evo 2018 I don't remember when it was that was the year it was the year that Smash came to the Switch or was it still on the Wii I don't know it doesn't matter I sat on my ass, Lisa, for weasel, excuse me, for four <laughs> hours watching Smash matches. And I was so into it. I mean, I can barely sit on my ass for four hours and play games at a time, but those four hours just went by so fast. And, and watching, I had yeah. such a good time. Yeah, it's so much fun. And like, it's just the, again, the energy, the people around you. And, 
and the skill. I'm like, I couldn't do that. Oh. How did you even do that? What did you no. just do? Like, <laughs> and watching because at the Halo Champions, we were by the caster booth where you know everyone was just like interviewing folks and. A, effing professionals, but B, just the, like you said, there's a whole side to the industry if you don't follow esports that you're just not even privy to. And watching the hype videos for the the players on the team and stuff, you know, some of the teams I had never even heard of before, I was like, this is professional. This looks like something you would see on ESPN. Yeah. And it really opened my eyes up and just watching how the crowd would hoot and holler when their favorite player would come on the on the screen. And it was They always really have cool. like the most violent names, like murder oh, guy, yeah. 75, and it's like a 10-year-old kid. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're like, okay, pizza slice 72. Like, go on with your bad self. Uh, but no, esports is... It's, it's a fun industry, and it's just one I need to get more into because it's just something that we don't talk about a lot on What's Good Games. And to your point earlier, we were joking about, like, oh, she's never played a game before. That's one of the reasons yeah. why I love having guests on here is because sometimes the show can turn into a little bit of an echo chamber because, you know, what I love and what Andrea loves are sometimes different, but there's a lot yeah. of overlap there. So it's great to have guests on who can talk about, you know, I know you love the Souls games. And I'll be like, is there a hot character? Does someone get yeah. a sword? Then I'll and play what, didn't it. Didn't you platinum one of those really hard games? What's, what is it? Elden Ring. Y- y- see? I have one trophy f- left in, like, I have like two or three trophies left in Bloodborne, and then I'm done. I want to platinum all of them, but like I said, I don't have time. I'm playing Returnal right now off stream, and I'm planning oh. on platinum the. Uh, see? That, that's why we need you on here. We've only played a little bit of Elden Ring, and we're like, oh, God, we're getting our asses kicked, but you're over here. I feel like platinum being Elden Ring equals to about 10 other video games. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like, it's, it took like 160 hours. <laughs> it was not so easy. So amazing, though. I forever we'll have a crush on you because of that i think that's so impressive <laughs> that's it not the yakuza collections but yeah i'll take yeah i'll take yeah into the elden ring yeah, yeah just elden ring, ring. Yeah. okay cool just elden ring <laughs> that's all you need but yes let's go back to dragon age Dreadwolf. so this came from the bioware blog and comes from gary mckay the general manager and i'm just really reading some bits and pieces of this so i would encourage you to read the whole article if it tickles your fancy so gary writes Hello. I don't know. Hello. Know an accent. I don't know. <laughs> Hello, I'm Gary. Hello, I'm Gary. Uh, Gary says, we have just completed our alpha milestone. Up to this point, we've been working hard on various parts of the game, but it's not until the alpha milestone that a game all comes together. Now, for the first time, we can experience the entire game from the opening scenes of the first mission to the very end. We can see, hear, feel, and play everything as a cohesive experience. Well, now what? Of course, the game is not finished by any means. First and foremost, we can now turn our sights toward bringing the visual fidelity to its final form and iterating on gameplay features. Now we solicit feedback from a number of sources, including our community council members, who each have unique perspectives and experiences, our quality verification team, and extensive internal playtesting. Additionally, we can now evaluate the game's pacing, how relationships evolve over time, and the player's progression, as well as narrative cohesion. Essentially, how the story comes together. We can take the story we've written and see if we're expressing it well enough through the characters, dialogue, cinematics, and ultimately the player's journey. As I mentioned earlier, the alpha milestone is extremely important one for us, but there are more, there's more work to be done. We also want to continue being transparent with you, our community, and keep you up to date on what we're crafting. So I just thought this was, okay, well, A, like, pant-shittingly exciting because Dreadwolf is, Dragon Age is one of my favorite, most favorite series ever, Weasel. And the fact that we are getting to that point where it's very, very, very far off, but we can still see Dreadwolf, the next game, in the horizon. It's like, oh, very exciting. Also, I think it's really great when people who work in development are 
transparent with the video game process. And this is an interesting, if you're not aware of how the development works, you know, in this case, they've reached alpha, the game is now playable from start to finish, and now they go in and they trim the fat, right? And making games is hard. I also feel like more companies have to be transparent now, too, because, I mean, you just know in the last few years with, you know, not to name certain businesses, but like them coming forward with how people were overworked, how people mm-hmm. were underpaid, how people were, you know, were just constantly just under stress because they were trying to get out deadlines faster. And and because of that, you can tell in development when those things happen. So, yeah, I appreciate any studio that's going to be transparent with what they do. And, and, and it's also can't really hide from it anymore because the Internet <laughs> will find out whether or not you were. So... But yeah, no, that's really cool. And it also makes people want to play the games more. Because if I know that studios are treating their employees right and employees are all really passionate, like stress-free developing a game, then it's like, well, then Mm -hmm. I want to check out what their passion project was. So that's really cool. Exactly. Yeah, and it's just kind of fun to get a little little look to how the sausage is made. Yeah. You know, now that the game is playable, now they have to go in, right, and and see like, okay, do we trim this? Is that I imagine, and I, I've never asked a developer this, but I feel like I need to. You'd be so sick of your game by the time it goes gold. And oh, it's absolutely. Published. Yeah. Because right, because you've played it a kajillion times. You've probably seen every line of dialogue at least. I don't even know how many times, but you know, just shout out to the to our friends at Bioware and, and Dreadwolf. I'm very excited. I want to bang everybody. That's a prop of the Dragon Age games. He's only <laughs> I was gonna say I want to bang everyone on the crew making the game. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, do not go into my DMs. I just <laughs> just no. <laughs> the characters, absolutely. Um, Yes, there's no strings attached to that whole thing. It doesn't impact your IRL world, and so you're fine. That's awesome, though. I mean, like I said, it's, it's, I mean, now with like so many bigger game studios too having to outsource like contractors and stuff, that's really cool. Maybe I'll play it one day and we can become besties. So, (laughs) oh my God, I would love that. I know my one Bioware buddy, Steimer, she has moved to Berlin, so we don't get to talk all that often. And she was the one I would talk to about my my fuck buddies in Dragon Age. So, I would love to have another. Your own little Witcher cards in Dragon Age. Yeah, there you go. I would love that. Well, we have more news just ahead, but first. I want to let you know that this episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. I don't know about you, but I don't have the stamina for IRL shopping like I used to. Maybe I'm just getting old, but it's so easy and convenient to buy stuff online from the comfort of your bed, your couch, wherever. But the downfall is searching for those dang coupon codes. It is annoying to try to find coupons, and you never know which ones are legit and which ones aren't when you're shopping online. And thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. I literally want to download this right now. Oh, you really should. So imagine (laughs) you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button appears, and all you have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site, and if it finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. And I definitely download this. It's so easy to use, and it works so quickly. It's literally a mouse click. So I recently had to do some online shopping for my little cousin's birthday party, and he is super into Spider-Man, but he was oddly specific about what he wanted. And he's little, so okay, you can be picky. He can get away with it. Anyway, I finally found this toy for him online, and of course, it was one of the most expensive ones. And just as I was about to check out, honey, hashtag 
hashtag bless me with this little prompt in the corner of my monitor and I ended up saving like $11 thanks to a coupon I didn't even know existed, but Honey found it for me. So yes, one click saved me $11. That's that's a meal, that's a lunch, that's whatever you want it to be. And for those who are OCD about apps, it's orange, so it's going to go on my orange line up here, okay? It's going to go right Ooh, there. There you go, look at that, it's perfect. And Honey doesn't just work on desktop. Like she said, it works on your iPhone too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. And if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. We wouldn't recommend something we don't use and trust us. We use Honey a lot. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash what's good. That's joinhoney.com slash what's good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Phil Spencer, Weasel, would love to see Call of Duty on Switch. What's your initial reaction to that? Uh, have fun with that. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> like, I don't um, know. I feel like frame weight, right? I mean, like, maybe an OLED Switch might be able to handle. I just don't even know. Like, there's not, there's not, unless they've upgraded them since I got my Switch. Is there even an Ethernet connection that you can put onto a Switch? Onto the dock with the new OLED, yeah. With the new OLED, yeah. So it might be. It's just like their hardware is not really made for that kind of massive multiplayer games, though. They would have to. Yeah, their online infrastructure is... And also, you know, you look at Resident Evil games that are being ported onto the Switch. They always have to utilize the cloud technology to stream it because it can't run it. But so this also talks a little bit about the acquisition of... Activision <laughs> Blizzard. And so we'll just read it. We'll read it. We'll talk about it because this is a fucking podcast and that's what we do. You know what I mean? We read we and reach, talk. That's all it is. We read and we talk. That's all That's all this literally is. You're driving in your car. You're going for a run. You're at the gym. And you're like, you know what? Today I'm going to do with my time. I'm going to listen to some people talk about games and read about them. And that's that. Okay. Anyway, I digress. I'm getting off. I'm getting <laughs> off track here. That 2 a.m. Uh, getting home is starting to catch up with yours, surely. After a lot of back and forth between Xbox and Sony about Call of Duty's availability on other systems should the upcoming Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard go through, that's a sound cool, Xbox head Phil Spencer has just tossed another piece of hardware into the mix, the Nintendo Switch. Per The Verge's Tom Warren, Spencer said today at the WSJ Live that not only will Call of Duty be available on PlayStation, but he also wants to bring it to Nintendo's hybrid device. Quote, Call of Duty specifically will be available on PlayStation. I'd love to see it on the Switch. I'd love to see the game playable on many different screens. Our intent is to treat Call of Duty like Minecraft. And that's the important part. Did he just have a kid? That might be an inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see this played on my child's device. No. I I am very pro Switch everything. I think Nintendo, mm-hmm. especially now with the Steam Deck out, it's like Nintendo now officially has some competition because like the PSP was originally its competition, but right. they've always excelled in the handheld world. But now that like in like technology has gotten much better, it's like Nintendo is still a kind of a little behind. Like I don't I don't even think you get Bluetooth headphone update until last year. It was just like. What are you doing, Oh, Nintendo? yeah. The Switch is very far behind when it comes to technology. And 
that's always been my thing, and I'll try not to go down a Brit rant. But you know, I love Nintendo too. Like it's obviously yeah, my favorite, absolute favorite. But they're just they're so far behind. And anyway, but their games are okay for that oh. because their games oh, yeah. are all like light-hearted, cell shaded, like adventure games. Like they're not, yeah, like Call of Duty. Like you can't play Elden Ring on a Switch. Even the Dark Souls remaster, you barely play on the Switch. I know because I beat it on the Switch. Um, <laughs> right? Like, but so, yeah, yeah. it's it, it's a whole thing. And it, yes, like I I totally get what you're saying. But at the same time, I've seen some Pokemon footage from Scarlet and Violet, and watching that game chug on that because it, it's an open world. It's just it's like, come on, you can. It's fine. But well, we can get back into that. But for real quick, so the reason that line was important, our intent is to treat Call of Duty like Minecraft. So every Minecraft is on a lot of platforms. It's on literally every platform you can think of, even on Raspberry Pi, which I had to look up and remind <laughs> myself what that is. I was like, oh, that sounds like that sounds delicious, but I don't think this is the food. Because the whole thing is Jim Ryan has been raising a stink saying that Call of Duty, quote, Microsoft only offered for Call of Duty to remain on PlayStation for three years after the current agreement between Activision and Sony ends and trying to call it end of the proposal or calling the proposal, excuse me, an adequate on many levels. And at Spencer's end, he's repeated that while Call of Duty will come to Game Pass, he still intends for it to come to PlayStation on the same day, but he stopped short of saying for how long that will last or whether Xbox owners might not get special perks over other platforms. So, Obviously, like, there's two pieces to this, right? Like, okay, cool, yeah, Phil Spencer wants to see Call of Duty on Switch, um, and he, they're treating it like Minecraft. So you see that, and you're like, okay, well, obviously, from what it sounds like... The more accessible, gonna, it's better, yeah. Yeah, like, just taking this at face value, you're going to see Call of Duty on PlayStation. He wants to see it almost everywhere. And I still... Call of Duty on my microwave? Call of Duty yes. in my fridge, you know. On your Alexa, it's gonna be like Skyrim, but Call of Duty on my nice vacuum I just bought, you know. <laughs> yeah, on the screen. Yeah, and so you know, I'm still really curious to see how this plays out. I know Andrea is in the camp of they will not make Call of Duty Xbox exclusive. I'm still in the camp of asterisk there. I don't I can't see Call of Duty ever becoming fully Xbox exclusive, but I can see certain parts of Call of Duty becoming exclusive to Xbox. Maybe that's the campaign. Maybe that's a couple of maps. Like, I don't know. You have. I feel like you have to take that IP and make it more enticing on your platform. But we've never really seen, besides Minecraft, I guess, a huge acquisition to this extent with such an important IP. Unless I'm forgetting something. But it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Because Fortnite, the business model. I guess. Yeah, there you go. Fortnite. <laughs> the, the, for, the Fortnite. The business the model Fortnite. of Sony. Technically, Call of Duty is the Fortnite of Minecraft. Or the Minecraft. The Call Minecraft. I pick up what you're putting yeah, you down. Get that. There you go. <laughs> I get it. Right. Yeah. yeah, you heard what I was trying to say and made a really bad joke and interrupted you. But yeah, there you go. No, but now I'm going to be thinking, I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night thinking about that. Yeah, call, sure, call, sure, yeah, sure it's like Fortnite, point. Call of Duty, Fortnite is the Call of Duty of Minecraft. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> My head is like spinning. But yeah, just because their business models are so different, like you, you just never know who's going to pull what in this stunt. Anyway, this is just kind of an update on this whole situation uh, because it's been kind of, it's been fun to watch. Just kind of Jim Ryan lose his mind a little bit, um, trying to, trying to make his case about how bad Xbox is being when it comes to this whole acquisition because God forbid PlayStation has any exclusives. Could you imagine how terrible that would yeah. be? No, I know. Now everyone's going to get mad at me in the comments. It's fine. They're video games. They get mad down. at me in my analogy instead. 
Like, yeah, the, here you <laughs> go. I don't know. It's 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 just going to be very again fascinating to see how this all unravels. I think in the next few years we're not going to see a lot of changes. I'm talking five, six, seven years from now to see where these where Call of Duty ends up and how it's accessible to PlayStation and Xbox and apparently the Switch. So there we go on that. And finally, I just had to talk about this because it's Pokemon related and I haven't talked about Pokemon in a hot, hot, yep, yep. spicy minute. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet's newest monster is a ghost puppy. It's literally latest- Luigi's dog. Oh. Yes. I that was the first that. thing I thought of was Luigi's Mansion. Ba- that is a good one. I do. I do like that. So, yes, this latest Pokemon has come to Scarlet and Violet. Okay, how would you pronounce this? G-R-E-A-V-A-R-D. Grievard? I said good doggy. Good doggy. Good grave doggy. Grave 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 pup. (laughs) Ghost pup. There you go. Grievard? Graveyard? Something like that, yeah. Grave Graveyard. It's supposed to sound like graveyard, so graveyard, I guess, would make the most sense. Pokemon and their naming, very, very witty people working on that team. Anyway, Graveyard is a ghost puppy that may or may not steal the your saddest soul. story. Oh, dude. Po- dark ghost Pokemon are fucked. I know. Fucked up. They're like so little murder up. people, but we're also cute. And this one's like, I don't I just want to be your friend, but I will suck the life out of you. Unintentionally, yeah. So we got a cinematic new trailer from the Pokemon company, and it was really cute. They did like this first person in perspective it reminded me of Blair, Blair Witch I don't know why that's the first movie that came to my mind but it is it's all like someone's behind the camera out of breath there's no like up the nose shots thank god but yeah it's just an adorable little puppy and his little candle sticks out of the ground and then that's how you know there's something there and then he pops out and he's cute he rolls around he wants to play fetch and then the trainer gets really tired and she's like am I this out of shape and then she passes out because it turns out that little bastard was stealing her soul the whole time. No, I know. It's messed so sad. Them, messed up. But this is why I love Pokemon. It's so dark. Did you ever watch this show, What We Do in the Shadows? No. Oh, my God. Well, What's hey, that? you should watch it. It's okay. a it's a vampire mockumentary. And it's hilarious. But there's a vampire who's called an emotion vampire or a, a social vampire who, instead of sucking blood out of humans, he sucks the life out of them by having boring conversations. <laughs> <laughs> people like that <laughs> my god you should watch it but like that's the first thing i thought of but instead it's just like a puppy being cute but like his whole thing is like he like talks to somebody and it's so boring that they like start falling asleep and he's like absorbing their energy but you know what i feel i feel on the dog side because my cats suck the life out of me when they cuddle so you know but it's, you such, know, a, that's it's true. such a sad like every single ghost pokemon like when they first started out i remember like the original pokemon with like haunter ghastly and like gengar mm. it was just like we're just goofy and spooky and we're like oh we like you and now they're like we're really really like sad <laughs> and we want to be loved but we will murder you and i'm like <laughs> Well, that's great. <laughs> like, like, I'm traumatized playing this game. And then, of course, they, and the thing is, is, like, he doesn't even really, like, look like a Pokemon. Like, no. it just, it's like, it like, it's like, obviously, there's probably some new, like, character designers on the staff. But, like, this looks like, this looks like an animal. <laughs> it looks like a literal animal. Yeah, right? Sure, he has a candle coming out the top of his head, but that's that's fine. That's not the weirdest thing you've seen in Pokemon. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. Like, one of my favorite things to do is when a new um, set comes out of cards, we always get a box and we always uh, open them and we always read the descriptions. And I have a pile set aside that I've been wanting to do something with. Some of the most messed up descriptions I can find. 
usually about people dying, usually about the souls of children being lost in the woods or something. I don't think people realize how dark Pokemon can get and how dark these descriptions are. It's always been dark, too. Yeah. But, but it's always just been such like a, a children's catered series. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. And it's in like even growing up as a kid, like I cried. I cried so much watching Pokemon. And it, and it always started off very emotional, but I think over time, too, like, because there's so many Pokemon, and it's such, oh and they uh, they always, like, try, like, new, like, I, you know, they're always trying to be innovative with every game, but I feel like they have to have, like, more dark, traumatic stories in order to keep it, like, interesting, especially with the adult audience, because yeah. as we get older, we become more disconnected to the series, but mm. that's just my Pokemon hot take of the day. no. No, you're not Pokemon's wrong. In the back. <laughs> that's, I, I, I have been known to go on a, a Pokemon tangent once in a while, and I'm trying to like hold all of my thoughts and opinions in on some of the new preview coverage that just came out, because this game is out on November 18th. That's not far away. I'm going to keep my opinions to myself, because otherwise I'm going to probably clench my ass and yell a lot. And listen, no one needs that. <laughs> some, sometimes you need to clench the ass and yell, but today yeah, is not you know. one of those days. Let's just do a few in case you missed it. This just broke. Batman Arkham Studio founders are leaving Rocksteady to begin, quote, a new adventure in gaming. So co-founders Sefton Hill and Jamie Walker, Wal- I some said Walker. Oh, my God. Walker. Texas, Texas Walker, stranger, what ranger, is- danger. <laughs> oh, God. My dad watched that show so much growing up. Whenever I hear that in that opening jingle to Walker's Texas Ranger, it makes me instantly angry because it reminds me of him watching it way too early and waking me up. Anywho, those two fine gents are leaving Rock City, the studio behind the Batman Arkham Games and the upcoming Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. I don't think I know there's a lot of folks out there right now that are speculating on this. All oh, this is good. All oh, this is bad. Obviously, co-founders leaving before a game launches is kind of a head scratcher. But as we I try not to speculate too much and try not to dive too much into it because we don't know what's going on. I'm sure eventually some news will come out. But regardless, right now, go on with your bad self, Stefan and Jamie. Hope you are successful in your new ventures and good luck to you. And hopefully no drama will come out because we've got enough drama lately with Bayonetta 3. Which, oh, God. Oh, man. Yeah, we haven't talked about that a lot on What's Good uh, just because we're a weekly show and we release a show once a week. And, and things pretty seem to escalate in many different directions very quickly. Exactly. It was a thing of we talked about it one week and then we would have missed so much. So we, were just, we didn't want to touch it. But uh, regardless, the game, all the reviews came out. And it's currently sitting at an 89 on Metacritic. So for the most part, I think people are really enjoying this game. I know there's been a lot of discourse on the ending, which is pretty interesting because, you know, there's been so many strict embargoes. Nintendo is very strict with their embargoes. Um, You're not allowed to talk about it, but a lot of people are talking about it because I think, from what I understand, it's the ending of the game that for some people really kind of ruined the game for them. And in some cases... In some cases, the entire series. Just the the spoiler-free, from what I've been... Because I, st- I don't even know myself what happens in the end. So I, I can't also, spoil it because I don't know. smaller and smaller, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so on YouTube, so the good news... Okay, here, here's a little like set, set aside here. 
so I had to find a new webcam for <laughs> Weasel to see me because we're recording in Discord. Thankfully, the YouTube version all looked beautifully centered. But I had to tape it to my monitor with uh, duct tape and dreams, and it slowly keeps receding. <laughs> and so all she could see is like the top part of my face. So let me see if I can like kind of fix that, maybe a yeah, little I'll better. Just be tinier for you. Now I have a job. Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you, baby. Uh, but anywho, yeah. So again, like lots of strict embargoes. You're not supposed to talk about the ending, but some people are because that's the main reason they didn't like the game, and it kind of ruined the series for them. My understanding is just the way Bayonetta is portrayed, and some people. Some readers aren't big fans of that opinion, and what I remind people is a video game review is just an opinion of someone who played it. Everybody has had a different walk of life. Everybody has different experiences, and everybody processes things differently. Especially characters. Exactly. And what might be important to someone else, you might not even care about, because you maybe haven't walked a day in the other person's shoes, or vice versa. Don't you, there's no need to get so upset over a, a video game review. I think what's important is to try to read the review with an open mind and just try to understand. And if you still don't agree, that's okay. But someone's opinion of this game isn't going to prevent you from playing the game. Also, you know, I think I think reviews are not meant to be taken like they're taken with a grain of salt. It's like you, I yeah. look at an overall review. Like, it's okay. Most people seem to enjoy this game. Like, there, there's people that I am good friends with that we're into the exact same games and we still disagree on things. Yeah. And that's someone I know personally. So if you're looking at a stranger online, even if they have their, like, I think I'm a great source for video game reviews because I think I have great taste, but your experience is going to be different than mine because, like, the way you process trauma, the way you process emotions, romance, all that is going to be different from mine, mm-hmm. you know? Amen. No, that's exactly it. Yeah. So interesting discourse out there um none of us have played the game besides the reviewers so maybe we should just all play it and you know hold on to our opinions until we see you're gonna find out bayonetta is actually dante this whole time oh my god why'd you just have to ruin it for all of us dude what the hell spoilers oh no (laughs) that would be a fucking amazing plot twist (laughs) i would be here for that that timeline and finally, I just want to give a shout out to Star Ocean. The Divine Forest reviews are also out, currently sitting at a 74 for PS5. That's about what I would expect. But for everything I've heard and people I've talked to have said that this is definitely the, be- the better Star Ocean that's been out in a while. So, you know, I know the last few releases have been kind of murky and not so great. Sounds like this one is steering the series in the right direction. And from what I played, God, was that a month ago or so at the Square Enix preview event? had a great time with it. It really surprised me. I didn't think I would love it as much as I did, and I had a wonderful time. I think I spent, you know, an hour or so playing, and I definitely want to check it out. It's on my to-do list if I can ever get through Xenoblade Chronicles 3. (sighs) This is life of a gamer. It's like we have endless content, so... I know. It's such a terrible problem. Like, I don't know. I'm playing this game with all these hot people in it. So terrible. <laughs> and on that note, friends, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Weasel's time with Resident Evil 4, my time with Resident Evil Shadows of Rose DLC, and Callisto Protocol. about what we've been playing and any preview events we've been to. So my dear little weasel, I will start, but you can choose. Do you want me to talk about the prison where everything is trying to kill you? 
or the DLC in Resident Evil Village. What's the prison? The prison is Callisto Protocol. Oh, that's the one you're recording for. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's the horror game that just came out, right? That is. It it looks, well, it's not, it's not out yet. It's or it's coming, coming out. out. Yeah, it looks mm-hmm. terrifying. And I, everyone's like, are you going to play this? I'm like, no. Yes, yes you, <laughs> you will. You are. I will come to your house. <laughs> I am so terrified to even look at I watched the like the trailers and all the preview stuff look amazing. It looks incredible. And I'm like, oh, it's got really good direction and graphics. Never going to play this. So have no. fun, guys. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, well, then, you know, let's just start with this. So, yeah, Callisto Protocol. So, first of all, thank you to Striking Distance Studios for having me out to play the game. This is released in December 2nd, and it is headed by Glenn Schofield, who is the co-creator of Dead Space. So Callisto Protocol originally was going to be part of the PUBG universe and then they retracted that and now it's kind of its own thing. Yeah, definitely smart. It's like, "Ah, the tie-ins could be kind of weird and feel forced. So I played about an hour of this and I've played a lot of survival horror games, but I walked away from this one literally trembling. Like my hands were shaking, and and you want me to play it? I do. Yeah, so I can so I can get a vicarious thrill or something. I don't know. That's a bullshit excuse. I just want to watch you suffer. Let's just call yeah. it what it is. Bless the PR folks that were working because they were trying to have a conversation with me, and I was so strung up off of adrenaline that I don't even remember what we talked about. I just remember I was like, oh my god, it was really scary. So here's the official snippet from the description of the game. So in this narrative-driven third-person survival horror game set 300 years in the future, the player will take on the role of Jacob Lee, a victim of fate thrown into the Black Iron Prison, a maximum security penitentiary located on Jupiter's moon Callisto. When inmates begin to transform into monstrous creatures, the prison is thrown into chaos. To survive, he must battle his way to safety to escape the prison while uncovering the dark and disturbing secrets buried beneath the surface of Callisto. So, sounds lovely. Sounds like a fairy tale in heaven. Sounds like a a Disney movie. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I think the biggest takeaway I had after playing Callisto Protocol was how much I felt like a fleshy bag of meat. Like a weak ass, vulnerable ass, fleshy human that could die instantly. Wait, how much of the game did you play? I played it uh, just an hour. There was maybe a couple hours that you could. An have hour through. and you're already traumatized. This sounds oh, like a oh, great. Uh, oh yeah, and it, it was. You know what? Again, it was the vulnerability. I think because as you're walking through, it's not like in Dead Space, uh, especially the remake that I also just played last. I, don't, I talked about it last month. I think it was this month. Who could say time? What is time? Where you at least you have a suit on in Dead Space and you feel kind of like protected or whatever. And this, you really have shit, and you will die many gruesome deaths and you will die so often and it makes you question exploration if i would come to a room i'd be like okay i kind of like peer on the corner i think okay well there could be some ammo in there or there could be something called a biophage that's what the enemies are called waiting to jump my ass and i don't frankly know if a i have the emotional capacity for it or b if i want to risk wasting the ammo And generally in these survival horror games, I'm always the one who wants to explore every single room. But in this one, for the very first time, I found myself questioning if I wanted to even risk it. And half the time, I didn't. So I think that's like, what's the risk of death? Like, do you end up like in the, is it like roguelike where you end up in the beginning? Or it's like, are you like, yeah. Thankfully, that's a great question. So thankfully, there's a really forgiving autosave system. And I think it's because when this game was designed, this is just like me taking a guess here. I think the team knew when most people would be dying a lot. So the game <laughs> autosaves very frequently. There was a point, it was just like 
bless you. If you're going to torment us, at least you're doing it in a kind of a nice way. There was a room where I had to go from point A to point B. And in that, to tr- in my trek to get to point B, I died probably five times in a matter of maybe four minutes. So it was a lot of trial and error. And I'm going to die. I know I'm going to die. Oh, I wanted to. At one point, I found a, a, a ammo cache and I wanted to get to it. But I got my head bit off instead. You know, so it was a lot of, of messing up. But when I actually did make, is progress, it funny at all? I did some of the, the some of the auto save because some of the some of the deaths in uh, Resident Evil Four, which we'll talk about, are very funny. Mm. Like I like yeah. the, the campy horror deaths. That makes it easier for me to play. But this one seems yeah, this, more like no, no it ain't <laughs> it ain't campy. So I got my head bit off a few times, and there was one time I saw a, a dude walking around, and he didn't have a head. So I'm like, okay, well he's headless. I was, do you think so he's okay? Uh- <laughs> I, I do you think he'll hurt me. So I tried to hide around a canister, and I'm crouched down or whatever. He found me. He punched me to death. So no, he wasn't fine. He, he a good it was guy? a very brutal death. This he's trying to, he's just trying to say hi, my head it's fine. <laughs> I know. And so the combat in this game is, um, it's different from probably what you're used to. So I played on a PS5, and looking at my notes here, R1 and R2 were used to swing your melee weapon. L2 was to aim, R2 to shoot. L2 and X lets you grip items. So it's called the grip system, and it's essentially like... It's like cross-buttoned. Yeah, 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 it's definitely it, uh, different. Yeah, it's right, and so it's called the grip system, and what it lets you do is lets you grab any item or enemies, and I don't know what the the word is escaping me right now, but essentially, like you're just using your power, like the force, if you will, and uh, you can just fling them around. At one point, I carried around an explosive canister with me for five minutes of the demo. Because I'm like, this is going to come in handy. Something's going to jump my ass, and I'm going to have an explosive canister. It took me probably 10 extra minutes to go where I needed to go because I was moving so much slower. But I carried it with me, and it made me feel good. Nothing ever jumped me, so I couldn't use it. But you'll definitely want to use that in com- in combat because even if you have a full clip, and even if you empty that full clip into these enemies, they're not going to go down. And granted, like, I was playing on the normal difficulty, so I'm sure if you lowered it, they would probably go down a lot quicker. So the idea would be is that you would, I wrote down the combo here. Uh, <laughs> You're taking uh, notes. I love I, it. I, I took, oh, I had to take my notes I because I've been to so many preview events at all, like, whatever. I can't find them. It's fine. So essentially what you do is the best way to, to kill these guys is you would take a melee weapon. You would smack them. No, no, no. You would dodge first. That's what it was. So there is a dodge and a parry mechanic, but it's just all about getting the timing down correctly. And when I did pull it off, it was super satisfying. So you would dodge and then you would smack them with a melee weapon. And then when you were successful, you would get a little like a prompt that would let you do an auto aim and then shoot. And so it was definitely a little sequence of events because you can take enemies down with a full clip, but not they're not always going to go down. And they're, they felt kind of spongy in that sense, but I think that's by design. Because the team in the very beginning said, yo, you can try to play this like a shooter. Good luck if you do. And now I know what they meant by that. They meant oh, yeah. like, you, this is you can't. Strictly survival, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it is tense. So tense. And the audio design is just stellar. And the, this, the atmosphere itself is a prison. So it's all like, you know, metally and irony and whatever the hell. But uh, it's just more big. You hear like the clang, clang, clang of the enemies above you, behind you. Because like in Dead Space, nope. they love vents. 
They love hanging out with I the I don't fence. need that psychological thrill <laughs> of like, is that sound from my cats or is that from the game? Like, I don't need that. No, that literally was happening. And it was so fun when we walked into the preview room. You know, it, it was pitch black. But then in one corner of the room, there was obviously, well, I think it was a fake body, but who knows at this point, slumped in the corner with a little light like shining on it. And it was just, that was behind me the whole time I was playing the game. And I knew it was behind me. And it... I would hear stuff going on in the headphones and I would turn my head thinking that it was someone trying to talk to me or someone dropped something. But no, it was the game. It was that well done. Yep. So I'm good. No, Glad you yeah. had a great time. <laughs> a great Sounds time. amazing. <laughs> just like the, the, the thing that I just want to stress to people is I think there's been a lot of discourse of, oh, this is just going to be, you know, Dead Space versus Callisto Protocol. Having played these two games now, they definitely feel different enough where, of course, I think there's going to be some minor comparisons, but they both can stand on their own. And they also, who cares? Like, it's like, why do people like who complains about? Oh, no, this game might be like another game that I really like. Preach it. You only. Yeah, you only can have so many ideas for a horror game. So I, you know, like preach it. And the thing, too, is that, you know, these are two. I mean, Glenn responsible for (laughs) a lot of Dead Space and now this game and they're both terrifying, but this game for sure is the one of the most tense, duh, butt-clenching games I've played, and I only played about an hour of it. I'm excited to play more of it, which is weird as that sounds. Oh, dude, and then the healing animation. There might be a way to upgrade this later on. I don't know for sure, but he takes out his healing syringe, and he looks at it, and then he turns his neck, and then he, like, injects himself, and it's slow as hell. Again, it's deliberate, but, oh... I'm like, dude, dude, doesn't even matter what you're injecting yourself with because you're going to die anyway if you don't inject yourself with something <laughs> and hope that you're going to make it. And if you're trying to reload at the last minute when there's an enemy on you, like you're not going to be able to make it happen. You just have to play very carefully. Again, this was on the normal difficulty, but um, really impressed with what I saw. Really hopeful. I think this could really like, very well be a staple in survival horror, uh, especially, you know, it's so exciting that it's a new IP. So, yeah, like, Oof. scary as shit. Well, Very I'm glad scary. you had a great time. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> I, also think, I also find it interesting that it's being released in December. Right? You would think what maybe a great like, ho- What a great Christmas game. What a for all the For all the children out there. <laughs> yeah, right. Ooh, oh, I want to talk real quick about the upgrade system. As I was playing, I was collecting something called Callisto Credits, which is money. And then you can upgrade your shit. So what I upgraded, it was my ammo capacity from six to ten rounds. And then I think I upgraded my health. But there was a whole ass whole bunch of trees going on. So you can also do some upgrading. So there is progression. It's got a, che- a Cheesecake Factory style menu. That's oh, what amazing. I say. You know, that's such a good analogy. I love that analogy. That. It's there's Cheesecake Factory has so much stuff in it. You're just like, where do I start? That's yeah. a, any video game that has that kind of thing. I'm like Cheesecake Factory right there. Ooh, God, that's like I'm stealing good. that. <laughs> the peppermint bark cheesecake. I don't know if you've ever had it. That sounds incredible, but yes. So it makes me cry almost every time I eat it. I swear. Um, I, I mean, maybe I'll play it for Halloween next week. Maybe I'll be less of a puss. There, you got this. I believe in you. And like I said, if you need some emotional support, I'll happily watch you suffer. Uh, but yeah, anyway, really excited for this game. If you're into if you're into these sorts of experiences, you should definitely look forward to playing it this December because boy, oh boy. Yeah, I was very impressed and very, very scared. But you have been playing Resident Evil 4, which is so lovely and wonderful because I just got done playing the remake so I'm really curious to know, what's your history with Resident Evil and why 4? Resident Evil 2 Remake. 
Okay. Was my history. Oh, that's right. We, we've talked about that. I, okay. I was always been too scared to play. The, I played four a little bit way back in the day, just in the very first part where you like kill, where you murder a man in his own home. And I was like, all right, well, that's a good start to a game. Uh, <laughs> I want, I want, I've always wanted to play four because I, A, asked everyone what's the least scary one. And I also like really love campiness in games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I love Devil May Cry. Some, I love games that are like, they're, they're serious, but they don't take themselves too seriously sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with Metal Gear Solid. And everyone's like, I feel like Resident Evil 4 is like right up your alley. Like you're going to get yeah, like the, that's perfect, the dorkiest then. version of Leon because he is. He's huge dork. Mm-hmm. Like, no thanks, bro. I'm like, like <laughs> and it's like kick anime. Everything about him is just so like silly. And I love it. And like, and there is, I have jump scared a couple times. It's not as scary. There's a thing on my stream where like whenever like a zombie would attack me, I'd be like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But since they're Spanish, I'm like, what's I'm just kidding in Spanish. And I say, Oste, I say, estoy bromeando every time. I get chased by something but yeah like I I don't know I've I'm don't I'm not a big horror game person because I don't like my reaction time is terrible I think that's like from smoking weed for 25 years but like uh, (laughs) 20 years come on I wasn't seven um but but like uh, horror movies totally fine horror games like I just I freeze up I'm terrible at Resident Resident Evil 2 remake I had to switch to easy and I still struggled at the end I just that's so interesting because I'm the opposite I can do horror games but I can't do horror movies I mean I, I do horror movies they're my favorite genre I always either A have to be drunk before I watch them or B watch through my hands right I think yeah, for yeah. me it's because I don't I can't control like the camera angles in a movie or I can't see that's the opposite is that I don't have to control the but this character's on their own I just I'm just here to spectate but me Leon will get his head chopped off multiple times if I play him <laughs> like I love it though. I really love it so far. Last night, I when I was streaming, I kind of rage quit though because I got to that part in the church where all the baddies like show up, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I kept dying. Yeah. And then I found out I was playing the game wrong. They're like, "Yeah, stagger them and kick them." I was just oh, shooting them yep. a thousand times with bullets. Like oh, I suck at this game. I was getting so pissed and like. And I realized that, too. It's kind of like your experience with Callista Protocol is that for me, it's like I have this idea of how I'm going to play a game and think this is the right way. And then you play and you're like, I'm missing something. And that's how I feel. But I can definitely see why, like, I'm, you know, I'm not that far into the game. I still have at least half the game left. So it's like I can see why it's everyone's favorite Resident Evil game of all time, especially with when they came out. But I still struggle with it. And I, I'm yeah. sure at the end of it, I'm going to love it and I'm going to want to play more of them. And then I'm going to play another one and realize they're actually scary and be like, I want to play these anymore. So, <laughs> Well, I've always said, again, like add it to the list of shit I want to do with you. I would love to play through a Resident Evil game with you. Like that's that's my joy. Well, everyone kept asking me too, like, are you going to play the remake? I, like, I was like, I want to play the original. And everyone's like, okay. I was like, I just... Like, I grew up the same, like, I'm the same age as all you guys. Like, I like me, I started playing Metal Gear Solid for the first time. The very first one on PS1, it still holds up. I love that era of gaming. I feel like so much, so many iconic games came out this time. I don't want to play it on a remake. I want to play the original. I'm you the know? same way as you. Whenever there's a remake announced, I want to play the first one. Because there's a certain thrill I get from playing the remake and knowing what I know about the original and seeing what changes have occurred between then and now. So, I mean, Resident Evil 4 came out, oh, God, when did that come out? 25 years? 20, 2005. I think it was 2005. and Or 2004. One or the other. You have to remind us how old we are. It's fine. I, you know, <laughs> it, it's all good. Yeah. I, I just knew this last week, but I forgot. Anyway, you know, the game industry was so much different back then and how the technology has evolved and 
even Resident Evil as an IP, how much it, ha- it has changed in those X amount of years. And so when I played the remake, I was really surprised by how much darker they're going. That B-movie, that campiness, it's still there, but in a much, much smaller amount. Yeah, I don't have the wit. What are you buying? I, don't- <laughs> I hope they have right? that, dude. I know, I they just released an extended trailer. I, keep, I yeah. see that every five minutes. What are you buying? I, like, I know, and I, hello, stranger. I know, I need to this see. This New Yorker who just showed up out of nowhere. <laughs> oh my God, dude, don't even, there's so many theories. The Boston merchant he here in the middle He's of nowhere. Lisa's- grandpa or dad all the theories out there no there's so much there's so much to it so that's why i'm really excited that you're playing this original so you can appreciate it and like you said the campiness the little quips leon is such a dork and i absolutely love him in this game his stupid hair the, part oh my god his stupid shoulders remake, his shoulders his hair his little oh my god yeah they so made him good. too hot like he's that's the thing is that he's always been kind of a himbo and now he's just hot Oh, he's hot in the remake, too, though. Oh, yeah. I don't like how they did Louis. Louis. I, I like yeah. his original model. I, I agree. I know a lot of folks like the remake Louis, but he looks kind of creepy and not in a good way. Like, my yeah. red flags go up when I'm looking yeah. at him. He has that weird, <laughs> like, like I smile. Would, I would not give you my personal number, but thank no, you, but sir. No, but original RE4 Louis can get it all day, every yeah, day. Yeah, right? He just kind of seems Louis. perpetually drunk in the first one. And this <laughs> and one, he just... Right. And that's fine. That's how I like Seems like he, we invite him over because he sells us drugs with these weird to girls type of creepy, you know, like he's giving mm-hmm. those kind of vibes. But yeah, and Which it's is, uh, yeah. And, and I was gonna say it's also interesting too because I didn't play the original Final Fantasy Seven because I, mm. I still never had interest in playing them because I just it wasn't really the game that I wanted to play growing up. And everyone's like, well, you should at least play the remake. The remake's great. I said okay, so I started playing the remake, and I was like, I didn't like it. Because right. I didn't have that nostalgic kind of emotional connection with the characters. And I also was like, this feels like a massive cash grab to me. Like, this doesn't feel like a true remake. And I stand by that opinion. Everyone hates it. But I... It, Ooh, that's a spicy one. Yeah, because it's just so long. And there's like, what? There's got to be a couple more games. I'm like, why is this... This game is just so girthy for no reason. And and it's like, well, you have to play the original to see. And I was like, but I didn't. So that's why I'm like, I don't want to play... Resident Evil 4 remake, an iconic game, and have that ruined because I played the remake, you know? Like, Ooh, interesting. Oh, yeah. You know, Ooh, it's like, if, it's, I, yeah, it's like if they remade like a link to the past to me. It's like I would play the original. Like, they could, they could not remake that game in me. I mean, they did with a link between worlds, kind of, but like, yeah, it was good to me because I played what it was inspired from. Right. You know, so. Now, that's a really interesting thought. Yeah, because Andrea, I wish she was here. She had never played Final... I don't think she's played a Final Fantasy game ever, except for the 7 remake, and she loved it. Like, <laughs> absolutely loved it. She was really confused by the story, especially towards the oh, end. Oh, yeah, I was, like, I was lost. Oh, yeah. But I didn't yeah, care. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's that's it. Like, there is a really interesting conversation to have there because as someone who has played the original and then popped into the remake, I love the fact that they turned the first five hours in, of the original game into, like, a 30-something hour, 40-hour experience. Yeah, me, I was remake. like, I did not like this. <laughs> I was but like, see, that's just what the it. fuck so, is going on? Like, I needed to know, yeah, so. It probably felt really drawn out and kind of oddly paced. I'm assuming. Yeah, and it and it yeah. was, and it was just like like why am I walking up fifty seven flights of stairs? Like this isn't funny. This would be funny in a Yakuza game. It's not funny in this game. <laughs> and then the character guys and clouds like you sold me a pizza. I'm like wow, you're a dick. That wasn't even funny. Like you know, like it's just. <laughs> 
There is, yeah, I have my flaws with it, but it also made me realize, okay, I don't want to just keep playing remakes. Like, I if I if there's other games in the future, obviously, like Resident Evil Two remake is my first Resident Evil experience, and, and that was fine. that was fine. Yeah, yeah. before I feel like it's so iconic in the series. That's like I I gotta play that. You know? Oh yeah, four yeah. is just one of those rare games that still holds up so well. I mean, you know, of course, there's a few like one-liners or you're like, eh, but I love how it's it's so again campy with the humor, but also yeah, it's like shoot, shoot, melee, kick, knife, 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 rinse, wash, repeat, and it's so it, silly. Yeah, through the entirety of the game, but in the remake again, they're they're adding knife durability, and the villagers are much more grabby, and you can't pull off a lot of those combos as easily. Again, on normal difficulty, if you lower it down, maybe you can get more of that campy feeling I back. Might, but actually, oh, absolutely, I do absolutely. think I do think a lot of era of gaming came out that time, and it was like you know this is the first time voice acting was really introduced and like like okay, we're really going to focus on the cinematic stuff, and because of that, it was so like goofy. Everything yeah. that came out at that time was goofy. That's why I love playing Metal Gear Solid right now. So it's so like Snake's voice is like so like David Hayter <laughs> is just like he is a character. Like now, like games are so serious. Like Last of Us, for example, it's like the voice mm-hmm. acting is very serious voice acting. You know, Dude, who was who was uh, Majima's voice? The actor Mark in- Hamill. Yes. In the original? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you watch the original cutscenes of Yakuza and like again, yeah. it's like, oh, we can swear? Well, let's just say all the swears, you know? It's like watching a <laughs> 90s anime dub and it, and I love that because that's the shit that I am in love with. I love and like that's why I love Devil May Cry so much is that it kept that throughout the series. And so, I was like, I need that because I know they're going to remake 4 and it's going to be more serious. I Did can just Did you know tell. that Devil May Cry was born from the yep. original cast? That's okay. actually why I wanted to play Resident Evil 4 because that that was how Devil May Cry started. I can tell in the castle because I'm like, this looks like a Devil May Cry setting. And so I love it. Oh, I love that you're replaying it. I think that is just so or playing it for the first time. Rather, I think that is awesome. And I'm the same way as you. I have no problems playing games that came out around that time. I'll replay anything. I also from, know like, they're SNES broken on. and so, they're broken in their <laughs> own ways. But like, that's also good. It's part of the charm. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you're like, do you remember know how we're, I had to not go on dial up computer to figure out how to get through a temple like we we suffered in different. Well, you're so. Su- I'm suffering now because I'm like I'm so used to like very smooth controls. But I'm like, well, you you have a fucking guide. You have us. I didn't have you back then. Blah blah blah. I was like, okay, check my auto privilege. Saves. Sorry, you know. <laughs> yeah, you have auto saves in RE4. You have auto saves in the new RE4. So like, yeah, it, it was a different time. Friends is what we're saying. Yeah, and if you, yeah. but I mean, that's a good point. If you, if you out there listening have never played the original RE4, like, how do you recommend you play it? Set aside, oh, I don't know. I think you can, if you do, well, people who know what they're doing finish it in about 10 hours. But if you don't know what you're doing, I'm like eight hours in and they're like, you said a while ago. I was like, well. Oh, it's so good. And there is just so many hilarious moments in that game where it's like, what in the actual Resident Evil is happening? And what in the actual Resident Evil? I love it. That's my new phrase in life when it comes to Resident Evil. So So I can't wait for you to play Metal Gear Solid one day. Uh, someday I will. I I have the collector's edition for one of them. It was like I went through this phase in my life, Weasel, where I just went and I bought like every collector's edition, even if I had no intent of playing the game. And that's why, like I was telling you on the break, I have a bo- a garage full of boxes of collector's editions that have never been opened because you know I, I had I had an issue. I must have been you know. I feel like that's shit, a pretty healthy issue. Most people have other issues that are way worse. That's a good issue it could to be have. Worse, right? Yeah. Like I just bought video game paraphernalia, and that's why my house looks like it does. Thank you, husband, for being so patient. 
Lit. <laughs> Speaking of Resident Evil, I just want to take a few minutes and talk about the Shadows of Rose DLC that is out October 28th. So I believe that is the day the show comes out. Um, this is part of the Winter's Expansion, which is the DLC coming to Village. It, this the, the expansion itself includes a third-person view, which is really funny because, like, I don't know if you've been keeping up with Resident Evil Village, but the long-standing joke is that you'll never know what Ethan's face looks like. He's the main character in Seven and in in Village. And so now they add in this third-person view. Everyone's like, oh, can you see his face? And the Sphere Hunter posted a video where he's healing himself, and you can see, like, his entire side profile. So I don't really know what the purpose of this, like, long joke is, but they're still sticking with it. So, like, cool, you go on with your bad self. But also they're adding new characters to the Mercenaries mode. Chris, Lady D, and I think Heisenberg is the other one. But the thing that I was most interested in is the Shadows of Rose DLC. So what this is, is this is like, it took me three and a half hours. A little expansion that takes place after the main events of Resident Evil Village. And it follows a now angsty and teenage Rose, who is Ethan's daughter. She's all grown up. And she is very upset because she cannot make any friends because of these weird powers she has. And I won't go into details as to why she has these powers. Just know she does. And... Someone approaches her and is like, you dog, you know that there's this thing called the purification crystal. And if you use it, it can get rid of all of your powers. And she's like, oh, my God, really? And so she jumps at the opportunity. Obviously, she does not sound like that. But she jumps at the opportunity for a chance of normalcy to be rid of these things that makes her a, quote, freak in the eyes of her peers. And that's as far as I'm going to go when it comes to the narrative, because, um, A, like, I can't talk about much more than that. But... In this journey of normalcy, she goes to some familiar areas of Resident Evil Village. One of them is Lady D's Castle, so you get to go back and visit that area. And the idea is that you see the crystal in plain sight, and you have to free it so you can use it. But to do that, you have to go from room to room, solving a few different puzzles. There's now like this gooey jelly substance that's everywhere throughout the <laughs> castle. So it kind of limits where Rose can go, what she can do. And then she can use her powers to ultimately start clearing these rooms out. In the combat, she can shoot. Um, she gets a handgun and she gets a shotgun eventually. And so that's really helpful. But then she can also use her powers to slow enemies, to inflict damage if she needs to. And then the other little twist is there's this person she calls Michael because she asks if he's a guardian angel. And he just writes words on the wall as she's exploring the, the castle. And he guides her and helps her. And she's trying to figure out who is this Michael person? What's your deal? Why are you here? Um, and I can't, unfortunately, talk more about that. But like, what I will say is I think the latter half of this expansion was way better than the first half. And there was a part in the original Resident Evil Village that I think most people would agree was the most terrifying part. I don't know if you saw it. It's, it's the, the baby scene. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I shut off the view of it. Like, I'm like, oh. ah, like watching it as not a gamer was too scary for little oh. Lisa over here. Yeah, so that was <laughs> terrifying. Yes, we'll say it's terrifying. There was a part in this DLC that I would say is way scarier than that. And to the point where I wanted to stop playing, I can't tell any, I can't get into specifics, but just the tension with the audio design and just like the nightmare fuel of it all combined into this horrifying like reality that you as the player have to go through and experience and complete. Oh, and you'll probably fail a few times, but you have to go through the whole thing again and again. It, 
Maybe it was a little frustrating that the autosave in multiple areas wasn't that great, but also it was just kind of a big fuck you in the best way possible because it's such a terrifying sequence that uh, I think that alone is worth playing this DLC. It is. I mean, I literally wanted to quit. I felt sick to my stomach. I hope I you guys have to- fun. Yeah, you're not going to do it? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if I can even get through four. <laughs> it was so good. So well done, though. But, yeah, I mean, and there's new enemies. Um, they're called face eaters, and they eat your face. Surprise, surprise. They like, suck your face out. Really? You, really, literally. It's like, it comes out. Um, yeah, you know, like, and that was fine. There was a few boss fights that were interesting, and the puzzles were, you know, they were fine and fun. I would just say if you're if you're interested in the Winters, the family, the Winters, and their story, definitely check it out. I mean, I'm glad I played it. Again, it's not a huge time sink, only three and a half hours for me. I've seen some people are finishing around four, four and a half, but... 17 hours for me, yeah. 17 hours if you're weasel over here. <laughs> just depends on your Resident Evil prowess and, you know, how efficient you are at playing these sorts of games. But it was a good time. You know, I'm glad they released it, and now we can maybe put this whole Winters chapter to rest while I had a good time with them, I'm ready to move on from them and get back and to see what Daddy Leon and Chris and Claire and Jill are all up to in the modern age. That's what I would like to see. But yes, thank you Capcom for the code and make sure you check it out if you're into it. So nice, happy, uplifting games we're talking about on this week's episode of What's Good Games. I mean, it's fitting for Halloween. So there Oh, you I go. love it. Yes. And my birthday's the day after Halloween. So, Dude, that's fun. Spooky so baby. You, there we go. Do you often it's like party hardy on Halloween, and then when it crosses the midnight, you're like, yo, it's my birthday. Yeah, until I turn like 25. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to a concert on Halloween this time, but like, Ooh, usually I'm like, I'm probably going to stream on my birthday. Like, it's like, I'm, yeah. I'm turning 33. Like, my next milestone is when I hit 40. Like, I'm good. I'm just sailing until then, you know? So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm usually very much like a spooky baby. Like, I am like, all, I'm all Halloween every year for my birthdays. And yeah. That's Maybe. so fun. I didn't, I don't know if I knew that about you because I also love the horror stuff. My poor husband, I always drag his ass to the stupidest horror movies. I'm like, I want to watch the stupid one. He's like, we've seen the same movie a million times. I know <laughs> everyone moves into a haunted house or a house in the middle of And they're all nowhere. hot. And they're all hot. <laughs> Every single and person is just very attractive. Yep, yep. Or it's the movie where there's the little kid and they move into a new house because they want a fresh start. And they got such a cheap, you know, cheap buy on it because probably the other owner had to sell it or they or died. Or it's on or an in- Indian burial ground or some <sighs> shit. Like, it's yeah, it's just, I love it. I eat that shit up. I just can't play a video game with that in it. That's so, yeah. I can I play love that. We're Bloodborne that. is the scariest game ever played, still to me. And then it was an Evil really? 2 remake. Like, I am a bait. I screamed also playing Mother 3 at one point. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. But real quick, props to you for playing. Yeah. When yes. I, I screamed at the part where you have to run around through the, the facility and find that pink monster that kills you immediately, <laughs> I screamed like a fucking <laughs> baby running into a zombie. I, I, I was just like, ah! Like immediately, Dude, so we need to get you to play PT. We I love play PT. I, yeah, but I was gonna say I absolutely loved Mother Three. It was fantastic, and I'm really glad I played it. I'm so it makes me so happy because that is such a special series, and who knows if we'll ever see more from it? Probably not, but it will live on in our hearts forever and ever and ever. 
Well, my dear Weasel, it has been an absolute blast having you on, as always. I love having you on the show. It's always a fantastic time. Where can people watch your stream, find you online, all of that good stuff? At W-I-S-A-L-A-L-L-E-N. <laughs> and that's on Twitch. That's on TikTok. That's on Instagram. That's on Twitter. I post a lot of anime and video game stuff and stand-up clips. And then also, eventually, YouTube stuff as well. So uh, find me. I'm great, I think, probably. Um, and then yeah that's it I'm really I love doing the show I love the last podcast I didn't even tell you this I've gotten so many people on my stream from your podcast (gasps) yay I probably had like I'm not even exaggerating I probably had around 50 people show up in my my stream for like two months like I heard you on WGG and all this stuff and they're like you seem really sweet and cool and I was like (laughs) I can't wait to see back but yeah it was great it was really great so I appreciate you for bringing in an amazing audience and and I also know a lot of people from my stream love your podcast I told them I was on here and they saw me raise quit at Resident Evil and they're like oh they're gonna love you talking about that and I was like oh my god oh my god no how, I um how often do you stream what's your stream schedule I I stream Monday through Thursday five to nine usually uh sometimes I stream at 7 p.m because of you know doing podcasts and work and stuff but that's my consistent schedule so you can find okay. me Monday through Thursdays on my Twitch channel and yeah, I mean, this is what released next week. This episode. This couple- comes out Friday. Oh, Friday. Okay, yeah. So right now, I'm I'm just starting Metal Gear Solid Three. I'm still playing Resident Evil Four, uh, and then I'm also playing Yakuza Like a Dragon, so I can move yes. on to Lost Judgment. And uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my I haven't god, played Lost I mean, Judgment I- yet. <laughs> Dude, we're gonna. I, you, I have to have you on to talk about it. We also have more Yakuza coming out next year too. Can you believe you it? Should- How- oh. Oh, I got an interview. I got the man it. who changed his name. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> leave our poor boy alone. Let's let him live in peace. Poor also, he just wants to live his keep life. Keep bringing him back because I'm in love with him. I know. I, I'm really like we got. I know we got to get you out of here. But I just got to say, I'm so glad that he's coming back to like a dragon sequel. I think that I. I listen, I'm I I'm so back. excited about the Ishin remake too. too. Also, oh, yes, his Virgil hair. We can talk about that another time. But yes, we have theories. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh my god. No, I'm so excited to have you back on. We can talk about all of this stuff. But yes, please check Weasel out. I can't Weasel <laughs> Allen. It's I, it. Weasel you Allen. It. I did it. The Weasel Allen. I, you know, check her out. She's phenomenal. Super fun. Great energy and lovely vibes. And just as a reminder, Andrea and I will be out next week, but we do have an episode ready for you with a fun special guest. And then the shenanigans will resume the week after that. So as always, thank you so much for listening and or watching to What's Good Games. And we'll see you next week-ish. Yay. Bye. Bye.